morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to That Guy from NFM UK. I'm your host, That Guy from NFM UK. Today's episode four of the official NFM UK podcast, and we have a special guest in Abby Willis. Abby is ranked as the number one most successful NFM UK competitor since 2018, where she became a two-time pro overall champion and also come second twice at the GBO Atlas International in 2018 and 2019. In today's episode, we talked to Abby about the importance of the off-season. 2019 was the first time Abby has ever competed only once in a single year. This was at Avagibio Atlas International in Oklahoma City, where she placed second in the Pro Women's Beach Class, winning $1,500. Before this, she embarked on a 10-month off-season, the longest off-season she's ever been on. Abby also talked about the importance of getting comfortable in being uncomfortable during the off-season. She also talks about focusing on the type of physique she wants and less of a physique the show or social media wants us to have. We also talk about the Atlas International 2019 and also her plans for 2020. Will she return to the Atlas 2020? Abby reveals all in this episode. As always, any feedback is greatly appreciated. Any special guests you would like to see on the podcast, feel free to drop us a message on Instagram or our website. Hope you enjoy the episode. And this is That Guy from NFM UK. So I appreciate your time to uh, jump on here with me today. No worries. I'm excited to be on here. So just to give everyone the, everyone the heads up, um, you probably saw as well, Abby, last year towards the end of December, we were doing the countdown of the official top 25 most successful NFM UK competitors. And as we're reeling down for 25 to number one, you <laughs> saw yourself as the number one most successful NFM UK competitor with two overall pro titles you had another pro title in your in the bikini class an amateur win along with two second place at the atlas a wild card uh, title as well as the outstanding achievement award from 2018 so i gotta ask this question first when i announced i was going to do the top 25 did you have an idea of where thinking where you might be placed amongst everybody so it's really funny you ask that because I turned to my other half man I was like oh you know I might be in like the top 10 that'd be really cool if I was in the top 10 and then as you started like counting it down and I wasn't 10th and I wasn't 9th and I was like oh I might be like top 5 that's exciting and then when it was like top 2 I was like oh I haven't even made it into the top um <laughs> the top 25 um, <laughs> and then <laughs> when you announced me as first I was like what um, and it really just kind of put all my achievements in to one place which I hadn't really reviewed or looked back at yet and then yeah so it all gathered it all up and I was like oh I've actually done I've done a lot I've done so much since 2018 and um, so it's actually quite a nice surprise if anything yeah I've funny enough uh, the final two came down to pretty much being the story of your NFM UK career, which is you and Scarlett always fight for that number one place. <laughs> yeah, uh, it seems, seems to be that a, way. Exactly, it seems <laughs> to be a common uh, occurrence. But it was funny when I did the Power Twenty Five, I was constantly getting messages from people who were like, "Oh, I wonder who's first, second, and other competitors," ha- guessing who they thought would be first place. Some people thought it was going to be Kyle because of the amount of times he's competed. Mm-hmm. Some people thought it would be Elliot with his his two his uh, winnings this year, a uh, few from Scarlett and a few for yourself as well. Um, I guess 
for people to understand the point system, which for myself was really good to reflect since the start of 2018 to look at all the people that competed and actually just do some maths and work out who is who are the really the top 25 most successful competitors and the points you get higher points as you go on so amateurs the pros the overalls then the gbo shows and then of course there's a wild card point system as well because of course if you've got a wild card you're only competing once a year anyway um Yeah. yeah yeah Congratulations that you were the number one spot. We'll see if you keep that spot for next year. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> but um, leads us nicely, in fact, the fact that you have got the number one spot. Why don't you just uh, do a little brief rundown of your competing career since uh, you started? Wow. So um, I've been competing. Well, that was my fourth year. So t- 2019 was my fourth year competing. Remind um, me how old you how old you are again, sorry? 22 so I started competing just before I turned 18 so I was 17 in my first show and um yeah I started my first year competing I did loads and loads of shows I did about eight shows I just kind of wanted to find my feet within the industry I didn't know if I wanted to go down more the bodybuilding route the fitness model route um I kind of just didn't know my place so I thought best to try out a load of shows there's loads in the UK so um gave quite a few a go um the next year I did um my first pro show at the body power show um and that was a big step for me I was only 18 at that point and I was amongst loads and loads of international athletes and um yeah and then I took a little bit of a break and just kind of I was unsure whether um I wanted to continue or not I did really well um and in my whole kind of competing career I've come away with 10 first places from um all the way back from the beginning so it's been you know a very successful career but I have taken points where I've come away from it stepped back reassessed if I really wanted to do this sport or if I wanted to pursue something else but I've always been pulled back into it because I think I found with going to the gym, it's always just been my absolute passion and competing just fits really nicely alongside that as a goal for myself. Um, so yeah, uh, I then took a year out, I came back, I competed with NFM. That was the first year I competed with NFM. Um, I did the show in Derby, which I came first and then I won the overall and then I got invited back to the British finals, which was in September. Is that right? Yeah, uh, October time, yeah, 2018. Yeah, Um, and that was the point where it was kind of life-changing because I suddenly got this award to be fully sponsored to go and compete out in America by you guys. Um, And five weeks later, I was on an aeroplane flying out to um, Dallas to compete in Fort Worth, Texas. And yeah, and I walked away from that with a second place in a a massive international pro show. And um. And also, also with the wild card to come back the following year. So it kind of, everything that has happened in my competing career has spun off what previous show I've competed in and just kind of, um, yeah, just flowed, flowed really nicely, which has been, it's been awesome. So from uh, 2018, so uh, just so everyone understands, when you came second place at the Atlas mm-hmm. in 2018, you your prize money was, was it $600? for second place and you also yeah. won best presentation which was $500 but yeah 500 so it was 
1,100 in total. Yeah, perfect. So 12 months later, I mean, I'm assuming, uh, do correct if I'm wrong, but mm. was this was that the longest off-season you've had where you only had to really prepare for one show, which was the Atlas 2019? Yeah, that was the longest time I've ever had off um, competing ever because <laughs> it was pretty much a whole um, 10 months yeah. from one show to the next prep. Um, and the longest I had, had I had off before then was four, five months. So it's been pretty go, go, go to get to the point where I am today. And then it was quite nice from last year competing, sorry, not last year, the year before now, um, from 2018 to, um, to have that break. One, for my health, my body. I needed that rest. I needed that recovery. I needed that time to grow, to improve on my physique because um, I started to feel I was bringing... I was always bringing a little bit better back to stage, but not taking a massive leap of improvement, which I wanted to see, um, which, you know, that that wild card, that opportunity to take that long off really gave me that time to do so. Yeah. So th- this is my point I was, I was going to make there because you meant, so you got the, you've had 10 month off season, which I should mm-hmm. point out previously, you've done four or five months. I know that you are naturally very active. You, know, you work as a personal trainer. Uh, mm-hmm. You've also got your your coaching business, the posing business as well. You were, I know you had all the dancing and the pantomime yep. uh, season was just after the uh, the Atlas. So you're always very active. So the one thing I want to understand is that 10 months off season where you knew you had to make improvements, which meant you had to grow. Therefore, mm-hmm. your body was going to change and you might have felt bit differently than how you normally felt when you're naturally always lean year round mm-hmm. how, how did you cope over that 10 month period yeah so um I definitely got to a point especially just before I started prep and that I felt slightly uncomfortable with um my weight um and just how I looked and how I perceived myself in the mirror but um yeah for me I am like you say um, always active. I hate sitting still. I'm always on the go. I had to eat a lot to um, even put on a little bit of muscle, even to put on a little bit of weight. Um, naturally, my body just didn't want to hold it. Um, so if you followed me on Instagram through that time, I was eating a lot. I was really trying to put on put on some pounds every single week. I wasn't doing it to ridiculous amounts. Um, I always try and show that. You don't need to come to extreme amounts away from your... Um, from your kind of leanness and your body that you will have in prep obviously there's a difference between being stage ready and not but um you shouldn't come away too far because then it's really really hard to get back but I did need to take that time to get a little bit bigger and like I said I did get to a point where I was slightly uncomfortable with how much um weight I had put on but then by that time it was time to turn things around and get back into prep got you so I know the reason why I mentioned that is I, I, I see messages, I see posts as well from competitors when they're in the off-season. They talk about how uncomfortable they feel knowing that it is natural. You have to do this. You can't always be stage lean to make mm-hmm. the improvements lead up to a show. So you've done that and you had a very successful outcome at the end of your 10-month off-season. So mm-hmm. is there any bit of advice that you would give to somebody who, if they are feeling uncomfortable, but yet they know they've still got another one or two months left in their off-season. Is there any advice I would help for that person to persevere 
over those two months rather than cutting it off season short and therefore potentially putting a risk on the improvements they necessarily want to make. Yeah, so um, I always say get comfortable with being uncomfortable, um, whether that is in your off-season or in prep. Um, it is a sport at the end of the day, and you do need to take that time. Like I said, not only for those improvements, but also for your health. It's not healthy for you to stay in that really, really lean state. Um, also, just keep in mind that you've got that end goal and um, I didn't have that stage goal for 10 months as in I was 10 months looking towards that one time of stepping on stage um, and I was watching other people throughout the year step on stage obviously I did a lot of judging for NFM like I had that burning desire to step on stage so that kept in my mind throughout the whole time that I was in my off season you've got to remember that end goal and while you why you are doing it yeah absolutely and uh yeah you're spot on there in regards to <clears throat> really understanding that end goal um yeah. the fact that you just can't let that sway you away from the whole point of why you're having the off season and as many people would always say the off season will always determine the success you're going to have on mm -hmm. show day if you've actually utilized it correctly it's if anything it could i mean from the sounds of it for yourself and I remember you were telling me this anyway the off season is actually more difficult than you actually prepping you know cutting yeah. getting for stage because you are doing something that as you said is making you uncomfortable yet you have to get comfortable with, to, with it just yeah. to persevere yeah and when when especially for me when I'm in that stage of preparation for a competition say that's 14 12 weeks out I feel like that stage day is coming around so quickly and I have that honestly that burning passion day in day out to be successful on show day so there is nothing getting in my way in that preparation period I won't I won't let anything phase me at that time because this is my passion this is what I want to do yeah absolutely and so let's go let's talk about the off season then because now you mentioned you got your wild card at the Atlas 2018 which meant that you would be returning with team GB in 2019 so that's gonna be 12 months later, you knew you were going to be back in America, this time in Oklahoma City. Now, mm -hmm. you came second. So, obviously, fantastic debut, which meant you're obviously only one place now of top spot. You, you planned your off-season. Did you plan the off-season on the physique that you wanted to try and achieve, that you felt was what the judges were looking for? Or did you look at the judges' feedback or even what the winner looked like? So obviously you've got to take, with competing, you've got to see what is in trend as such, as I like to say, of um, what the judges are looking for at the time. Um, however, I truly believe you will never be 100% satisfied with any result, whether that's you coming first or last, if you're not 100% comfortable with how you look and how you perceive your body to um <clears throat> sorry you perceive your body to be um so if you're not happy with your physique by the next year but you you place first say because you've compared yourself to the winner so you've maybe made your body into something that maybe you don't want just because it will make someone else happy or just because that's what um, the judges were looking for. And in some cases, people will do that, and that's fine. But I don't think you will 
ever be truly happy within yourself if you don't create the body you want yeah okay so, yeah for me I always go okay this year they might be looking for kind of slightly more cap delts uh they're looking for a tiny waist the glutes stuff like that the bikini category never really changes in that terms you know it's always about that x frame um and everyone carries that very differently so I think the whole thing of comparison between yourself and another athlete you're never going to have their body and they're never going to have yours you're just going to have a better version of yourself yeah for sure so I mean that obviously you already hit the nail on the head in regards to the fact that it is very comparative there is going to always be comparisons to first second or how many people there are on stage because it is very subjective I guess I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here and mm-hmm. ask you a question if you are competing and you know you come third or you miss you miss out of the top three you get the feedback from the judges and the feedback they give you is isn't what you want to hear because you know that will that will deter away from the physique that you want it may be wider shoulders or bigger legs but in that person, they feel, you know what, I don't want bigger legs. What would your advice be for that person? Would it be to persevere with what the judge is saying? Or is it take a step back and think, is this the look that I want to build? Or do I need to look at a different federation? Mm. I think, personally, I would say, um, if if it was really going to make you unhappy, um, looking at your physique with bigger legs or bigger shoulders if it's something you really didn't want and it wasn't a priority of yours I would say take a step back and reassess if that's the category for you or if that's the type of show for you like I said um when I first started competing I did a lot of fitness model and bodybuilding shows because I didn't know which kind of physique I wanted to aim for Um, and there is plenty of shows and different categories now that you can find something that one fits your physique and one fits the physique that you would like to have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? That was kind of the same thing I was thinking as well because I know you've competed with so many federations and for yourself, it was always, well, let's see which federation I am happy to be part of, you know, the posing, the physique. And that's the same for anybody because I believe, you know, right now, you know, 2019, even now, 2020, there's more UK shows than ever before, which means... Oh, there's <laughs> Exactly. So for anybody who's starting out, even if you're a newbie or a long-timer, there's so many federations that the best thing you can do is just you know, dip your foot in, dip your foot in and just mm-hmm. see which one works best for yourself. The whole structure of the day, talk to the judges. And in the end, I know a lot of people will be looking on social media, looking at the pictures of the winners um, mm-hmm. For yourself, do you use social media to look at pictures at other girls or the winners from different federations to compare yourself to them? Or do you kind of put the blinders on and like, you know what, that's somebody else. I don't really care. Yeah, so I, I'm quite passionate about social media. Obviously, I use it a lot. Um, I find a lot of motivation and I find a lot of uh, ideas, say workout ideas, training ideas from social media. I've built an amazing business because of social media. Um, but I do strongly believe in that you have to kind of, like you say, put the blinders on when it comes to comparing your life to another. Um, 
we are so lucky that we have this platform and we can expand our networks and find out information in in the click of a finger um but at the same time it's opened up this world of oh they've got something more than i have or they've achieved something more than i have um whereas it should be kind of no this is your life and this is your goals and and achieving your individual goals is going to be what makes you feel successful not achieving something that is someone else's goal yeah Um, and now everyone's goals are different because everyone has different priorities in life and that's that's fine and the more we realize that the actual happier place we'll be at and to just concentrate on ourselves and focus our energy onto achieving your individual goal yeah 100 percent, absolutely and to touch on social media if somebody look we we know naturally as somebody gets closer and closer to competition what hmm. what's a standard thing that everybody does they'll go on instagram and they'll start <laughs> looking at who they compete against you know three you know four three two weeks out it's just i think yeah, most people do that they just want to see what the competition is looking like and who they could be up against at that point, do you think that is when social media becomes dangerous? Because you mentioned about the positive side of it, creating a yeah. business and obviously, you know, the connections you build. But at a certain point, as you're dieting more and more, therefore, you know, mindset-wise, you know, you're, you're obviously focused on the show. But as we know, you're, we can get a bit more edgier. Do you feel that there's a certain point when the social media can be a bit uh, a bit of a danger to the competitor where all mm. of a sudden they are talking themselves out of the achievements they've made over that period lead up to, lead up to a show oh yeah absolutely um the amount of times i've heard people or people have come to me for posing say and they've gone i mean like i've just seen some of my competition off online they look amazing like i'm never even gonna you know get seen in a lineup if they're all this good and i'm like you don't know that that's a picture that's a picture on instagram that's a snapshot of of what they've just taken in an angle in a lighting that they've just taken and um, which makes them feel good and that's that's absolutely fine that they've done that and they've posted it and how you've perceived that is is in the wrong way um and a lot of people do take that on and do really drown themselves in that comparison of I'm not going to be good enough next to that person and especially when it comes to competing and getting on the stage now we really can't do that because when it comes to stage day you haven't got perfect angles and 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 perfect lighting you've got posing that you've practiced and you've got a lineup of judges who are experienced and will compare what they see there on the day it's not about what the lead up has been to it and and I know some of the most incredible physiques especially that seem to know how to take a picture but when they get on stage they look completely different well they haven't practiced their posing or they haven't perfected their presentation so you really do never know how someone your competition is going to turn up on the day yeah exactly look in the end when you're on stage there is no filter yeah everyone's nope. got the same lighting on stage but you don't know what the judges are looking for uh, on that day in regards to you know in, if everyone's looking the same it's gonna be all those small little bits which as you pointed out on instagram or social media it doesn't show the hours they may have put or not put mm-hmm. into their posing 
into their presentation. It doesn't show how many attempts they may have had to take that perfect picture, which mm-hmm. may look at, may look absolutely flawless. Which, look, I mean, in the end, it, it, it is what it is. I mean, Instagram is an absolutely fantastic tool, and you know, has built the NFM UK brand and all these other partnerships. So it's always interesting to see what people are, are like getting closer and closer to the show and are they actually checking into what other people are looking like, which leads me nice to this bit then. Last year, you went, to so last year, 2018, sorry, 2018, you went to the Atlas as the only female competing in the, the beach category. So you had no other GB competition. This Last year, so 2019, you went knowing that you were the highest ranked competitor because the reigning champion wasn't there. But also, you had Helen, who qualified through Night Champions, and also Scarlett as well, who qualified through Night Champions as well. So, let me ask you this then. As you were getting ready for the Atlas 2019, were you looking at you know, Scarlett and Helen because their physiques are completely different from yourself, just like their physiques are different from each other? Was there any part mm-hmm. of your mind thinking our physiques are so different that are you now thinking what the judges could be looking for? Could it be different from when you first competed back in 2018? Yeah, so um, obviously, like you said, our physiques, all three of us, are very, very different. And that's kind of what's great and not great about the bikini category. Um, but I never, I never compared my physique because at that point, especially starting prep and everything there was nothing I could do in that scenario anyway if suddenly I found out that they were looking for more of a muscular structure or anything like that I was just so focused on bringing my absolute best and beating my physique from last year because I wasn't 100% happy with it um in 2018 so for me it was just about really pushing myself to my limits to reach reach what I wanted to reach um so yeah it, I th- and I find it was actually quite nice to have a few other girls um on the GB team it was quite nice to bounce off energies and get excited about um the trip so um no I, I would say obviously it runs through your head like what the hell are they going to be looking for but at the same time there was there was just no comparison yeah so I mean I, I know the girls were picking your brain as well given the fact that you were the most experienced person out of the mm. group given the fact that you completed the Atlas 2018. So did you feel any pressure lead up to the Atlas 2019, knowing that you're the only NFM UK competitor to go out to America twice, but also you were the highest ranked competitor, well, highest ranked bikini girl, sorry, in the uh, in the Atlas lineup? Yeah, I definitely did feel the pressure, um, especially being a wild card and having that kind of opportunity, like not many people will ever get that opportunity of going out twice fully paid for. Um, so I definitely did feel that pressure on my back of, you know, you've got to, you've got to beat last year. You've got at least, I set the goal knowing that the standard in 2019 was going to be 10 times the standard of 2018. I set my standard at least of trying to get top five and, but aiming to at least, um, hold that second place or get that title yeah perfect I mean, I, I mean i when you said like you were aiming for a top five i know how competitive you are so <laughs> i was like really abby i mean 
<laughs> I know you were, you were talking about you know beat your you know beat your last best that uh, you know, me versus me. So second yeah. place is where you were at in 2018. Yeah, um, I knew yourself and Scott and Helen that everyone was going for first place because at the photo oh, shoot, you, you, even, you wouldn't you, be in it if you you wouldn't be in competing if you weren't going for that first place. Yeah, exactly. So let me ask you this then. Okay, 2019. Let's do a little flashback. 2019, mm-hmm. we're all there at the Atlas, at the actual venue. All the girls are getting ready. So you're all backstage, behind the stage, and um, you're getting ready to go on. Now, you guys had the biggest class of a the day. There was over, oh God, I think like 25 girls, countries you know, from all over the world, uh, Americans, Mexicans, Puerto Rico, and uh, all, all various places. Mm-hmm. What, what was your feeling backstage knowing that this one, this lineup is twice as big as last time. Mm. And two, this is the moment where you are the only one to kind of step on stage for the first time in 2019. Everybody else has stepped on stage at least once. Yeah. Um, so firstly, when we were backstage, I just remember it going so, so quick. Like one minute we were getting ready, putting our makeup on. It felt like we had all day and the next Next thing we were lined up, ready to go on that stage. Um, I remember thinking to myself, before they called my name out, just just go and do it. Just absolute, absolutely just go and smash it. Just do what you've practiced every single day. Because for me, posing and presentation and everything is something that I don't just practice once or twice through prep. I pose every single day. Um, and I take pride in how how I want to be presented on stage. Now, I think looking back at videos and stuff like that, I didn't look um, under-practiced compared to anyone else. Um, so I think that speaks a lot of volumes because, like you said, that was my first time on that stage for a whole year. So um, that just shows how important the preparation, the posing, the whole lead-up, to that day if you practice if you envision yourself on that stage if you literally see yourself doing your posing routine going out there smashing it then you will do just that on the day yeah for sure and i think on top of that um, in 2018 you won the best presentation award so Mm -hmm. you knew that having that award as well obviously puts you as you know the the judges must have seen something in you more than anybody else because it's not just the women's speech class. It was all the classes that was based on the best presentation. So obviously all the work that you put into it, even though you did get first place in 2018, it was still recognized mm-hmm. as you were the best on stage for presentation and the overall posing routine. Yeah. yeah. So let's go then. Okay, so now you're on stage. It was the I walk, so one person at a time. I think Helen came first, you came second, and then Scott came after after yourself. There was obviously Americas and other countries in between. Yeah. Now, for a lot of people that they don't know the G- GBO judging side, they first call out, second call out. You have no idea mm-hmm. when the people are coming out. I remember the men's guys; they were starting from fifth call outs, fourth call outs. Yeah, we we were we were. In the, I was in the last call out. Yeah, exactly. So it's a, it can be a bit <laughs> of a, a mind game uh, with that. But obviously, you were in the main call out along with 
there was a girl from Puerto Rico, there was an American, mm-hmm. and there was Scarlett Helen. Now, do you remember yeah. exactly where you were placed in that final lineup before you had to go? You guys had to go backstage. So yeah, it was uh, the three in the center ended up being me and Scarlett were next to each other at some point, and there was um, uh, Jeanette from Puerto Rico. So it was us three, um, but you just had no idea. You had absolutely no idea. I knew, I kind of roughly guessed them because of how much they were looking at us um, as a top, I think there was six actually. There was Helen and one other girl as well. Yeah. Um, So yeah, they were really comparing, I think for fifth place as well. Um, But there was, there were six of us and they just kept us up there for a very, very long time. Kept on calling us back out, called a few other people, put each other back, and but we stayed stayed there for quite a while. Um, absolutely swaying, <laughs> absolutely still um, beaming because I was just so happy to be on stage. And um, yeah, so so you, yeah, we really didn't know what was going on, but we had a rough idea that you know we potentially reached that top five. And. Being me being in the crowd, and something you've already pointed out already, knowing that the physique can be so different. Yourself, Jeanette uh, from Puerto Rico, and Scarlett. Once again, mm. your three physiques couldn't be any more different. <laughs> Jeanette was a taller girl from Puerto Rico, so I had the darker skin. You were obviously yeah. the, the shorter girl in uh, height, <laughs> and then Scarlett obviously had probably you know, the best condition on yeah. on the day. So once again, it was three completely different looks and that really threw a spanner in the works on our side as a spectator with everybody yeah. else i had guy harding 2018 2019 mr atlas and even we were both stumped thinking we don't know how this is going but it does look like it is between yourself scott and Jeanette. And i remember yeah. when you went off stage i was backstage and you, you came to me and you were like oh, i think I, i'm feeling good because you know i was in the middle uh, mm-hmm. Yes, we kept chop changing, but you had the inkling thinking, wait there, you know what? Top three is yeah. a possibility, but we still don't know which way it goes. So, yeah. you got, um, just so everyone knows how, how it works, again, you guys then left the stage, uh, every other class went on, and then you guys came back on, ordered uh, the, uh, the line walk again, and then mm-hmm. you all went off stage. When you guys went off stage again, and then what, what was going on at the back? Because obviously, one of the judges then had to announce the top five. So just talk me through when they announced the top five at the back of the stage before you guys came back on. Yeah, so um, we were all just kind of huddled in a group. So there was about 21, 22 of us um, all there just waiting for our numbers and names to be called out. Um, I remember at the time, at that point, I was literally just like head down, hands together, kind of praying um that that I was that my name and my number would come up um like I really I remember just really wanting to make that top five at that point I was desperate in a way um so yeah when my number was called it was like a, a relief as such um and then I had to switch it back on and strap back out there um but yeah it's just it's a, a, a real big moment. You're you're there with a bunch of incredible athletes and every single person that competed in that pro show has been a su- successful athlete. They've all won something or placed very highly to get their pro status. So 
every single one of those women that stood on that stage deserved top five um but like you said it it is down to what the judges are looking for on that day but yeah the relief was was mental (laughs) so let's go back to even bigger moment there you talk about the big moment where the judges are decided which top five are going to come back so it was yourself abby scarlett and then you had mm-hmm. Jeanette from Puerto Rico. Uh, apologies for name of the girl eludes <laughs> me, the American. Oh, Sabrina, Sabrina. Sabrina. There you go. So then, of course, you guys all came out. And I will talk about my side. I was with Guy again, and we were like, you know what? This was the top five we had in our head. The inkling is telling me that it's going to be between Jeanette, Scott, and Abby. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, they announced fifth place. Fifth place, Sabrina from America. So, of course, as she comes forward, in fourth place, uh, Helen from Team Great Britain comes back out, takes fourth place. Then it comes down to the top three. And when they mentioned Jeanette's name for third place, I was like, oh, my God, it's deja vu <laughs> all over again. The stars of a line, it's happening all over again from NFM UK October 2018 when it was <laughs> Scarlett and Abby, the final two. At that time, that is when, obviously, you won the overall title to, and the ticket to America. And it was mm-hmm. pretty much identical because you both hold your hands and it was all over again. So <laughs> talk, talk to me about how you were feeling because surely you must have felt, wait there, this is, <laughs> I've done this before. This feels, this feels like we've done this before. Yeah, I think we, we both grabbed each other's hands and we were like, this is so crazy. We literally said it to each other on stage. We just looked at each other. We were like, what? what the hell is going on um we're literally back where we were um I just remember completely going back and forth like it's us two it's us two again um and I think at that point like especially when it was announced that that Scarlet won obviously I was going to be a little bit gutted but at the same time I had this uh, like I was so happy for her so it was a, a really mixed emotions on my behalf because I was for me, I, I had retained that second place title, which was I, I am so proud of doing. Um, but I was a little bit gutted, but I was really happy for Scarlett. So there was like five different emotions flying around my body. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, what happened happened. And that's that's all part of the game. Yeah, I think there was a fantastic photo which Matt Thomas caught. And it was a photo of yourself, um, Helen and Scarlett. Like just all holding each other on stage, yeah. holding your chest, and that yeah. kind of, that kind of photo summed up pretty much everything you just mentioned. But also the day and the trip all together, because in mm-hmm. the end, it was you were competing together, but as a whole, you guys pretty much all won together. You guys yeah. all came in the top four, all in the green, taking back prize money. It's also worth noting that in 2018, your prize money for second place was six hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And 2019, it jumped to $1,500, which is a right. massive jump for 12 months right. to say that's for second place. Yeah. So, I mean, for myself as well, I mean, I, look, I've, obviously I've known you girls anyway, competing on my shows and you know, talking to you guys all, all the time and being at the house and many Atlas. So, <laughs> or like 2018, I could just be in with my Abbey flag just like go on Abby, <laughs> kick all the girls ass. But this time it was like, oh, there's three of the girls. Like, go Abby, go Scott, go Helen. 
Yeah, for me. I remember. I remember actually being on stage and just hearing like everyone's everyone's shouts going like, Scarlett, Helen, Abby, <laughs> Abby, Helen, Scarlett, Scarlett. <laughs> Team GB girls. <laughs> that, that was it. I had to make sure, like, wait, did I forget someone's name? Have I, how many times did I mention Abby's name? Oh, wait, yeah, I'm, I'm too short. I need to mention her name twice. I know. It was, uh, but the, for me, the best possible result was, yeah. and, I, and I, I felt this from the start, was all three of the girls in the top five. You guys did one better, but all three of the girls were in top four, and Helen won the best presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, if you heard in the previous podcast, which we did, which was Atlas Recap with Chris, um, the one thing that Chris was saying that he felt that Abby was you were, you were the favorite going into the Atlas, but the one thing he didn't know, nor did the Americans know, was much about Scarlett. And of course, and she came in as well, just like yourself and just like Helen, and all brought three flawless packages, all mm-hmm. completely different. And it really was going to be about what were the judges looking for that day. Um, yeah. But once again, like I mean, how how old are you now? Sorry. 22. 22. So 22, two <laughs> trips to America, two second place at the Atlas International. Um, I think if you, going back to the last podcast, the one thing Chris said, I asked him the question, of all the competitors who came out with Team GB that didn't win, which one of the guys and girls do you think has the best chance of going that one step further and taking a title for next year? And uh, Chris did mention your name. Uh, <laughs> not sure how Scar's going to feel about that. But, uh, <laughs> um, but I, I think you probably noticed as well, and I will touch on this, you probably noticed that not just the great support you had back in Britain, but also, did it, did it amaze you, the support you had in America? Because at the... Oh, um, I, did, yeah. I did not realise how many people knew me or knew of me or had been following my journey. Yeah, you were very popular, um, you? Until I got to the actual venue, and I yeah. had people, I had people coming up for me for pictures. I had people's children coming for pictures. It was, it was mad, and it was so. I felt so blessed and so grateful that I could, again, going back to social media. I, I they wouldn't have seen my journey without that, um, and that's another great thing about it is is that network with international, international countries that. I just on that day I felt so so grateful for all the support because I did not realize how much of an impact I had had um so it was amazing to meet so many people and and feel that feel that way absolutely I think uh on the, the day before the show which was the uh the check-ins um mm. I know when you when you were there there were a lot of the girls who were coming back coming over to you which who you either competed against or followed you on yeah. social media. Uh, Chris and Bob will mention that you you are very popular here within the uh, within the GBO. So, um, which I guess we got asked this question then. You know, um, before the 2019 Atlas, the date for the Atlas 2020 was going to be September um, yeah. this year, which wasn't going to work out for yourself. Because if I... Correct if I'm wrong, was it your parents' anniversary? You guys on holiday? Yeah, we're go- we we were going to Orlando in um in Florida. <laughs> there we go. And then um I'm assuming I don't know who you paid off, but uh, um, but then of course the date, and thankfully for me as well, because September I wouldn't have been able to make it. The yeah. Atlas 2020 date now moves to November, and they're sticking with a November date for every each year. <laughs> at this time in Galveston, Texas. So. I guess my question for yourself, 
Abby, is are you going to be returning back to Atlas in 2020 to try once again go that one step further? I think I'm going to have to. Yeah? Yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Just simple as that, nothing else. I think I'm going to have to. Um, no, I, I want to go back. I want to try again. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'll be there. So will it just be last year? You know, you had 10 months off-season. Are you going to do another 10 months off-season again? Or do you have any, any other shows or anything else going on before the Atlas 2020? Um, I I don't know yet, I think is the answer. Um, I have a potential another GBO show that I'm looking into doing in August time, but it depends on, um, obviously, funds, like how much the pro show at that event is giving giving back to the athlete athletes as such because obviously it will cost me a lot of money to go over there and compete in that show um like you're looking at 600 700 dollars um for the flight so um so yeah it kind of depends on funds um whether I will compete earlier in the year or not but um due to the prize money that is at the atlas and the potential to bring that home um I'm going to take that risk 100% yeah, it's worth noting for everyone. Um, the first place winner got three thousand dollars compared to two thousand dollars in twenty eighteen. So who knows what the prize money will be for twenty twenty? And the women's beach class is always the biggest one. So I believe that yep. was the only class in twenty nineteen that had the full three thousand dollars prize fund for first place. Some of the Which other classes only had two thousand dollars. Yeah, so, you know what? There's still there's, there's still always NFBK if you want if you want to be paid to go out there. <laughs> but, uh, I'm sure we'll see you. So, uh, I think I'll the other sort. side of the panel for now. <laughs> never know. Um, yeah, never know. You know, still try to be that first three-time overall champion. So <laughs> let, me, let, me, let, me, let me ask you this then. Okay, so 2020. Let's say now, you know, we get we, you. You start your off-season plans. You get ready for the Atlas this year. Yeah. What's the plan for yourself then? That will for yourself to go that one step further. Do you, have you have you kind of thought about what changes? Or improvements you're looking to make um so for me it's just uh i am still young like we've said a lot <laughs> um well i like to see myself as young anyway. yeah um, but i've still got that i haven't got that muscle maturity that 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 comes with time yet um yeah. so i still need to give my body that time so again i'm looking to have quite a decent um l- length of off season um and just kind of push my body to the the max I want to see what improvements I can make in the time um I want to see my strength go up um so a lot of my sessions now will be based on how much I'm picking up off the floor but with good form of course um but yeah so so right now it is about growing just all round um I think last last year at the Atlas I brought a really well balanced physique um there was no real lagging muscle groups as such what, what um, was the what was the weight difference between 2018 2019 so so actually stepping on stage yeah the weight um so on in 2018 i weighed 46 kilograms when i was on stage which is tiny yeah <laughs> and then um, <laughs> 2019 i weighed uh 48 kilograms so two kilograms difference and that that was shown through muscle because I was exactly yeah. the same lean, leanness and um, and I had made masses of improvements to my glutes I think that was like the highlight of my whole 
whole time. Yeah. I just couldn't stop showing feel... pictures of like the progress the progression between last year and this year of my my hamstrings and my glutes. Yeah, pretty much every time you have some photos <laughs> of Bad Thomas in the uh in the house, it was always a glute shot. So it was just a absolute glute fest of Abby. But yeah. the, re- the reason why I asked about the weight is because you've made a great point of the fact that because you're still young, you're only 22, sometimes it's not all about like, oh, I got to make my shoulders better or back or something like this. More, it's just, it's just time. It's muscular yeah. maturity. It's t- the, t- the time will be the greatest strength for anybody who's competing. The best thing anyone could do is just remain healthy, injury-free. And yeah. if you're being consistent in your training, well, that is going to be the biggest difference from how you look one year to how you look the next year. So my best advice for anyone who is young and who is competing is don't stress about, do I need to get bigger loose straight away or bigger shoulders or this or that, my hamstrings, my quads. Just be consistent in your training and everything will come together. You're at such a young age where your body is still developing and the muscles, the density, everything, condition, which all, all come. And I think yeah, what you've shown since you've competed, and I've seen the pictures there as well, when you were 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, <laughs> the improvements over time, you know, just, just speaks volume of consistent training. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that. like you, that's what I say to my clients, anyone new getting into training, if you're consistent for a long period of time, you're going to see results. Um, if you're looking for quick fixes, if you're looking to suddenly grow your muscles 10 times as big as they are now, you're, you know, in a, in a year, it's not going to happen. And that's, that makes a lot of people give up. Um, these unrealistic goals are the main reason people give up, give up training or give up trying to achieve what they're um, going to achieve. So, so yeah, consistency is everything when it comes to this sport. Absolutely. So one final question I'm, I'm going to ask mm-hmm. you and you have to give me an answer. Mm. Okay. So we've got two wild cards. Scarlett's got a wild card to come back out to defend her title. And Elliot has also got a wild card. So that's Elliot Robinson, who came second in the men's speech. He's also returning to the Atlas to try and go one step further and take the first place. Out of the two, which one of the two do you think has got the best chance in getting that first place title? <laughs> I know, true <laughs> question. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, you can't make me answer that. I know, I know. I'll just wind in your phone. Well. I can't see what you're going to say. Oh, Elliot, definitely Elliot. <laughs> but um, no. no, I was just playing with you there. Just playing. <laughs> um, but I mean, I do appreciate your time there. I know it's been about 55 minutes um, having a chat to yourself. But I really do appreciate, obviously, you know, obviously hearing your story anyway. And one thing I will say, um, I'm just going to leave on this note is we had the People Awards um, mm-hmm. at the in December, so the People Awards are the ones that voted by the public, uh, and then of course it goes to the um, the voting team for myself and a few other people. And the one award that you you were, you won was the <laughs> role model of the year. So yeah. I just want to just spend sixty seconds on that point. So mm-hmm. basically, we when I put it out in regards to these are the, these are the awards, then everybody would send over their nominees, and your your name came quite a lot of times from a variety of different people. Some people, I, 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 know, I know who they are. Others, I have a clue who they are. Um, so that was nice. It's always nice to see the different different names, different faces, voting for different people. And it came down to uh, yourself and three other people. I do apologize for the other three, but your names all allude me because we had so many awards. 
But the one <laughs> thing I will say is the reason why the role model award was awarded to yourself for 2019, you had fantastic feedback from all the um, you know, the NFMEK community. Um, a lot of it stems from the fact that you've achieved so much being 22 years old, the business that you created, the work, the time you put in for the NFM UK community with posing and also uh, the judging side as well. You've been very much an ambassador of NFM UK since you started competing with us back in May 2018, which obviously showed when you won the Outstanding Achievement Award on the same year. And now you're the most successful NFM UK competitor in our history. Um, but also, it was great seeing all the messages of how you impacted all the girls and guys all saying the same thing about your champion's mindset and always remaining positive and using the actual terminology, the actual phrase of being a role model. And what's great about that is a role model doesn't matter about how old you are, how many years you've been competing or how many followers you have or anything like that. It all comes down to the impact you have on the wider community. And that all comes down to the information you put out on your social media. So clearly what you're doing is having a great impact um, with not just the NFM UK community, but also other people around you, which I guess also got you the EVL Nutrition uh, sponsorship, which is a fantastic gig, given the fact they're a huge American brand. And all it's just another piece to the uh, the puzzle you try to put together, which hopefully may, maybe one day lead to the Atlas title with a GBO. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, thank you, Zeke. I can't help but um, smile throughout what you just said it was it absolutely made me beam um and yeah when I when I got that award I was I was I was in my car outside Sainsbury's and I was just just amazed by it because I just see myself as I'm a really small town I live in a really small town um I just try my best every single day um I'm grateful for the opportunities that I get every single day and um yeah it just it it made me feel very blessed and uh yeah, thanks. A big thank you to Abby for joining me in today's episode. I do hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys do have any questions about NFM UK or the GBO, why not reach out to us on Instagram or drop us a message on our website. And while you're on the website, if you think about competing, go register for Night Champions on 3rd of May or the Super Showdown on the 18th of October. Don't forget, it's pros and amateur shows, and we're offering 12 tickets to compete in America, Italy, and Holland at both of our shows. Who knows, you could be at the Atlas International in 2020 competing against Abby for the $3,000 prize money and the prestigious Atlas title. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. And as for now, that's me signing off. That guy for NFM UK.